Welcome everyone to another episode of the Blade Hockey Podcast, episode 88. Um, got a lot to talk about. Um, so first things first, uh, for those that are watching the video version, I'm in a new room. Um, a bigger room came in, came available in my house and uh, decided, hey, until someone, you know, need, uh, ends up moving in and uh, needs this room, I'm going to take advantage of having this room here. So uh, I'm not, you know, basically in a broom closet um, for the, the pod oh, and the uh, just channel as a whole. So um, there's that. Um, and also we're going to be flip-flopping uh, how we do these um this episode here because normally we do the uh standings roundup on the second half of the episode after the ad break um but this time we're not we're going to do it first because we need the information of that to go into the second half uh when we're talking about some uh where teams are and uh, why players may want to leave those teams and so on and so forth so without further ado diving into the Atlantic division. Now, also, before we get uh, started on the roundup, just know that there's a lot of teams that aren't going to be moving. I think, one, yeah, like one division had a lot of movement. Um, mainly, if you're, yeah, basically, if your team, which actually is actually kind of an interesting statistic, that the, just spoiler alert, Metro, the Metropolitan Division is the only division in the entire league that does not have a Canadian team in it, which is also funny because that's the only one that had a lot of movement. All the other ones didn't really have a lot of movement. And you know why? Because they're Canadian teams and Canadian teams are having issues right now because of how the Canadian government's um, guidelines for the, the Rona, you know, compared to other countries like America um, and so on and so forth. And they're even having to reschedule games to later on in the season, just mainly, mainly not, not because they couldn't play the games, not because the, the team was bad or anything It's because they want to recoup some revenue and they want to be able to have fans and stands to recoup some revenue a la Toronto Maple Leafs, for example. They were supposed to face the New York Islanders, but what they ended up doing is flip-flop dates to where the when the Toronto Maple Leafs and Rangers, uh, no, uh, Toronto Maple Leafs and the Islanders are supposed to face off each other. They're supposed to go to Toronto first, be in Toronto first, and then the Islanders um, in their building, but they're going to flip-flop it to where they go to uh, the Island first and then Toronto. So there's going to be a lot of movement. Um, and there's a lot of teams, well, mainly if your team faced off against a Canadian team, you probably only either had one win added to your record past last week or one loss. So there you go. And with that, Montreal with a record of 723 and four. I only had to add one loss to that because they were 722 and four at the last episode. Um, which I took those stats from the beginning of Saturday morning last week. Um, so they only had one game and they lost that game. So the record of 723 and four, eighth place in the Atlantic Division. Seventh place had to also add one loss to them as well, the Ottawa Senators, with a record of 918 and two. Buffalo Sabres also had to add only one. Actually, no, I had to add one loss and one overtime loss. 
um, Buffalo with a record of 10, 18, and six, still sixth place. Uh, falling out of fifth place and out of the second wildcard spot in the Eastern Conference, the Detroit Red Wings with a record of 16, 15, and three, uh, dropping down one spot from fourth to fifth. The Boston Bruins slowly but surely climbing up those standings with a record of 17, 11, and two, jumping up one spot from fifth to fourth, and now hold the second wildcard spot in the Eastern Conference. There you go. Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, third place in the Atlantic with their record of 22, eight, and two, still third place uh, compared to last week. Florida Panthers also still in second place with a record of 22, seven, and five. And then Tampa Bay Lightning, surprise, surprise, still first place in their division with a record of 23, eight, and five. Uh, Metropolitan Division, the New York Islanders with a record of 10, 12, and six. Only, add, only had to add one win to the record with a record of 10, 12, and six. Still eighth place once again. Still have a lot of games in hand. Surely they'll climb up the standings. I'm, I'm sure of it. Uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets, um, which, you know, I'm willing to bet that the New York Islanders will not finish the season in last place. I'll say that. But yeah, Columbus Blue Jackets fall down two spots from fifth to seventh place with a record of 15, 16, and one. The Philadelphia Flyers jump down one spot from fifth to sixth with a record of 13, 15, and six. The New York, no, not New York, New Jersey jump up two spots from seventh to fifth with a record of 14, 16, and five. The Pittsburgh Penguins on a 10 plus game win streak, mind you, I want to say it improved to 11 uh, with a record of 28 and five, still holding on to that first wild card spot in the Eastern Conference and knocking on the door to the top three of the division. Speaking of the top three of their division, Washington Capitals dropped down two spots from first to third with a record of 27 and eight. Uh, the New York Rangers with a record of 22, nine and four drop, jump up one spot from third to second. And lastly, the Carolina Hurricanes jumping up one spot from second to first with a record of 24, seven and one. Now, just in this first, uh, in the Eastern Conference alone, there are only one, two, three, no, four teams in the Metropolitan Division that, which are all in playoff spots that have, um, single-digit regulation losses, which is amazing. Although I ain't going to – I can't really count Washington when they have more overtime losses than the regulation losses. So, I mean, kind of cheating there, kind of cheating there. Uh, the Atlantic Division has Tampa Bay with one digit, Florida Panthers with one digit, and the Toronto Maple Leafs with one digit. So in all in all, in the Eastern Conference, there are seven teams that have one-digit uh, regulation losses, which is amazing. Now, as for the East, the Western Conference, only one team, one team in the entire division has a single-digit regulation loss, but that's also because they have a lot of games in hand. And it's also why they're pop, crop, um, cracking the top three for, like, I think I want to say like the first time this season, maybe outside of the, the start of the season. Actually, you know what? No, I'm, I'm going to say I'm pretty sure that this is the first time they cracked the third uh, top three, but we'll get into that um, in a second. 
uh, starting off in the Central Division, and it's actually in the Central Division that this is occurring. Arizona Coyotes only had to add uh, one win to the record with a record of 722-3, still eighth place, probably will be eighth place for the rest of the season. Uh, Chicago, still a seventh place with a record of 11-18-5. The Dallas Stars is one of those uh, teams that we're going to be talking about again uh, on the second half. Uh, with a record of 16, 12, and 2, still sixth place again. Winnipeg Jets with a record of 16, 12, and 5, still fifth place. The Minnesota Wild dropped down two spots from second place to fourth place with a record of 20, 10, and 2, holding the first wildcard spot in the Western Conference. Uh, the Colorado Avalanche is the team, the only team in the Western Conference that has one, one digit. Uh, for their regulation losses, but it's also because they've only played 30 games. Uh, so they've still got a couple uh, games in hand on the, the division and surely they'll probably skyrocket to the top of the standings, but that's also where everyone else, including myself, put them to finish the division anyway. So it's fine. Um, St. Louis blues, the record of 20, 10 and five dropping down one spot from first to second. And lastly, the Nashville Predators for the record of 22-11-2 and two, jump up two spots from third to first. So there you go. And lastly, before we go to break, the Pacific Division, uh, still eighth place with a record of 10-19-4 is the Seattle Kraken, which we'll be talking about them in the second half. Vancouver Canucks with a record of 16-15-3, still seventh place once again. The San Jose Sharks, be talking about them as well with a record of 18 16 and one dropping down one spot from fifth to sixth the la kings with the record of 16 13 and five jump up one spot from sixth to fifth edmonton oilers still holding on to whatever semblance of a playoff berth uh as they are just free falling from hell uh, still holds the second wild card spot in the western conference with a record of 18 14 and two um, Calgary still third place with the record of 17, 10, and six. Uh, yeah, for another week, Anaheim still second place with the record of 18, 11, and seven. And lastly, still first place with the record of 23, 13, and one. Your Vegas Golden Knights. How about that? But yeah, that's that. And on the other half of the break, we will get into some news, including the uh, U.S. Olympic team, um, a trade, uh, people requesting trades, people getting their uh, contracts canceled today, as well as uh, some potential candidates to fill out the Blues Blue Line. All right, now on to the second half of the episode here. Um, first off, Alex Marrello, the owner of the Arizona Coyotes uh, and his gaming commission, uh, Morrell Gaming LLC and the Arizona Coyotes have announced yesterday that they are la launching a new sports, a digital sports betting platform uh, named Sahara Bets, um, available to download uh, if you're, I guess, if you're in the uh, Arizona area, I don't know if it's anywhere else other than that area, but uh, that's available to download January 12th. So if you're in the area um, and you want to get into sports betting and you want to, 
I guess, support the Coyotes or support the guy that owns the Coyotes. There you go. Uh, although, if they were to move, which I would imagine that that may be still on the table, considering that they still don't have a place to play after this season as it stands, uh, that we know of, uh, since the lease for the Gila River Arena will not be getting uh, will not be getting um, re-upped, as the city of Glendale still is adamant on not doing that. Um, and staying in the well, they were in the Pacific Division, but now they're Central. But moving on to the West, the Pacific Division, real quick, the San Jose Sharks today. Um, actually, as a matter of fact, when did they send that? Let me refresh. They put this out 40 minutes ago as of recording that the San Jose Sharks have uh, informed Evander Kane that he has been placed on unconditional waivers with intent to terminate his contract for breach of his NHL standard player contract and for violation of the AHL COVID-19 protocols. And they also made note to say that they will not be speaking of the matter any uh, anymore on the matter. Uh, that's that's that. And it was a, a and that was legitimately the whole uh, word by word uh, their statement that they put out. Um, now he he kind of pulled some antics when he was with the big club earlier in the season when he tried to forge a uh, a vaccination card. And then that's why he got suspended for like 22 games. And then he came back. Um, although I don't, I don't even think he even came back. I think like right before he uh, got back, they sent his ass to um, the, San Ho- uh, the San Jose Barracuda, which is their AHL affiliate. Um, and I guess he's pulling semantics down there now. So he's now going to be on unconditional waivers with intent to terminate his contract. And do I see him getting a job anywhere else in the league? I don't know. Cause here's the thing. It's one thing if you're in the NFL and stuff like that, where you don't have Canada to deal with, but I mean, unless you, unless, I mean, unless, although in the playoffs still, bound to play a canadian team probably we'll see uh how the Cana- what the, Can- the field in canada is in the playoffs but with that said i mean other than a team in the metropolitan division i do not see evander kane signing with anywhere anyone in the league this season um with this now let alone the fact that all the extra shit that he's got with the whole gambling thing and owing millions upon millions upon millions of dollars for betting and stuff like that and the whole thing with his wife and all that uh he's got a lot of baggage attached to his name and i don't think any club in the nhl uh of all leagues although there's a lot of things that they look the other way on but that that's one thing i'm pretty sure that they're not going to do um so yeah, there you go. He's uh, no longer a shark. Um, but yeah, speaking of people though that seem to uh, not want to be part of their team anymore, uh, the Dallas apparently, per uh, David Pagnata, uh, Dallas Stars defenseman John Klingberg 
has apparently requested a trade now as and that's another reason why I kind of did the flip flop of the, the standings because right now the Dallas Stars sit sixth place in the division with a record of 16 12 and 2 now that's not bad not bad at all now they've still got some games in hand that I'm aware of um but why he would want it I don't know see um let's check it out here uh Dallas stars here so do, 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 do. so Dallas stars kind of yeah they have absolutely no cap space and John Klingberg is in well all right well there you go so that's um interesting so John Klingberg Apparently asking for a trade. He doesn't have a new movement. He does not have a no trade. Um, doesn't even have a modified no trade. And this is his last year of his deal uh, at 4.25. Now, where you'd put him, that's a good question. I do not know. But, but if I was Dallas Stars and, you know, you could get away with that. I mean, you could get a haul for him. Now I don't know if who's gonna want to take him on for and for only having um one year left on his deal. But um, I mean, unless they they think that they could resign him, or if they're in an absolute win win now and just putting all their chips in the the basket and hope that it works out for them. Uh, I don't see them. Uh, taking them on now yeah that and also considering that the cap hasn't moved in like two or three years um it's gonna make it kind of hard to say the least uh but yeah john, but yeah, john klingberg i mean i'm a fan of stars fan um fan of john klingberg in his game as well but uh clearly there's something going on i mean i maybe it's also kind of like a, a thing like a vladimir the vladimir tyrosinko thing where they're in a good place right now and he's playing well although actually let me see his stats um if they have it which i think they just focus yeah they just focus on contracts now let me look up john klingberg's statistics on the season John Klingberg. So he has currently played 25 games this season with a record of with uh, one goal, 15 assists, and 16 points. And he's currently minus eight on the season right now. So now, my, you know, the plus minus thing, you know, you may have your reservations on that statistic. I, um, whether it be good or bad, I don't really look into it too much. Also consider he's a top four guy which means he's going to have an awful lot of minutes now. Although, let me see, what are his minutes? Yeah, he's currently anywhere between, um, in his last five games, anywhere between 19 minutes to 27 minutes, depending on the matchup. So, I mean, he, uh, he'd be getting the minutes. So, he's bound to be on the ice when the goal is scored against his team. So, I mean, he can't really completely fall on Klinger. So that's also kind of why I don't like the plus minus statistic, which is also kind of the reason why um, 
there's other um, players that people like to point at and be like, oh, their stats aren't good when actually, you know, they're, they're fine. It's just that, you know, matter. <laughs> it just happens to be on the ice when a, a goal is scored. But yeah. Yeah. Well, if Klinger wants to trade, hopefully he, he gets what he wants, I guess. Um, but yeah. Speaking of trade zone, the Pittsburgh Penguins have acquired forward Alex Nylander uh, this past week uh, from the Blackhawks in exchange for forward Sam Lafferty. Uh, the straight up hockey trade right there. No other assets attached to it. Um, and lastly, before we get into Blues talk here, uh, U.S. Olympic team uh, in, invites to join the team include uh, the following guys. So for the four group, uh, which also a lot of these guys either play in NCAA currently or they are in uh, the KHL. And there's one guy that's in the SHL, uh, which is the goaltender Strassmann uh, of the SHL. Uh, Ken Agostino, who plays in the uh, KHL for uh, Torpedo. Uh, Matty Beniers, or Beniers. Uh, he plays for Michigan NCAA. Uh, Noah Cates for Minnesota Duluth and NCAA, Matthew Kanais uh, uh, for Minnesota and NCAA, uh, Ben Myers, Minnesota NCAA, Andy Malie for uh, Torpedo and the KHL, uh, Brandon O'Neill, uh, who plays for Jokerit in KHL, and Nathan Smith, who plays for Minnesota State and NCAA. Uh, for the forward group defense, Brock Faber and Minnesota NCAA, uh, Drew Hellison for Boston College, Stephen Camfer for AK Bars uh, Kazan in the KHL, uh, Aaron Ness, who plays for the Providence Bruins in AHL, uh, Jake Sanderson, uh, who plays for North Dakota and NCAA, and David Warkowski, who plays for Ingolstadt in the uh, German league. And there you go. Some invitees, invites, invitees for the USA Olympic men's team since all the NHLers can't go. So there you go. And lastly, before we end this show here, we have one uh one on one ESPN a local uh, sports uh radio um channel for us here in st louis uh on one of their state uh, oh actually a couple of their segments uh they were floating around the idea of what the blues need to solidify their status as a cup contender or at least a uh taking themselves from a status of a dark horse cup contender to a straight up cup contender since everyone likes to sleep on this team so much um now they mentioned when it comes, and even whenever the whole everyone, everyone and their mother was on protocols left and right, um, nearly like half the team was from the Springfield Thunderbirds, and they played really, really well, um, including goaltender Charlie Lindgren, who uh, played so well he even got, uh, got the name uh, Charlie Sideburns. So um, there you go, um, and it was made note that goaltending we seem to have some good depth there 
cool. We got Bangton, got Huso, and uh, Lindgren has shown himself uh, well right there. And uh, when Joel Hofer was up up here for like the one or two games, he played pretty solid, but he didn't get to play this last time because of uh, bonuses that he would have made if he played more games up here. So there you go. Um, so leaves and then forward group have a lot of depth there. So uh, which leaves the big hole, which has kind of the, been the whole question mark for the whole season for uh, most part for the Blues, is the defense. And the question is, well, who do you get? Because um, as Frank Savelli and all the other insiders have made note that the defense market, especially when it comes to like people that they would automatically forecast to be those like deadline guys that you could trade for. There's only one defenseman. I, and I, I lost the, um, the article that they put out that had that number, that guy on there, but there's only one dude that was a defense defenseman that was on that list. Everyone else was a forward or a goalie or something like that. It was not a defenseman. Now there was five guys, five guys that, uh, BK and Ferrario and um, the fast lane here uh, in St. Louis on one and one ESPN were floating around. And that is Robert Haig, Ben Chirot, Ali Mata, Mark Giordano, and uh, Jacob Chickering. Now I'll tell you right out of the gate. Out of those five, who would I want the most would be Jacob Chickering. Out of all these five, you know who we're not going to get is Jacob Chickering. And the reason is because, number one, the general manager for the Arizona Coyotes is Bill Armstrong. And why is that anything that's important? It's because he used to be the freaking director for scouting and an assistant general manager for the Blues. And he knows how Doug Armstrong can wheel and deal all right. He knows he knows the tricks of the trade. He knows what goes through and how you know Dougie Armstrong, you know, operates up in this little noggin here. Um, so number one, he's not gonna be keen on you know being bent sideways and you know, you know, the whole saying there. But although plus for us, as they made note on the one on ESPN, is that uh, Bill Armstrong had a hand in drafting a lot, if not almost all, of the Blues' current prospects and young guys, including a Robert Thomas, Jordan Cairo, and so on and so forth. So that's a plus on our end that he already knows what we've got, and he and surely he's going to like any anyone that we throw at him. But Jacob Chickering is going to be our law, a big haul because he's a, you know, promising young guy and he's still contract control, at least for like another year or two. So, I mean, that's a plus, which means he's going to also garner first round picks. We're talking top prospects. We're talking maybe even an impact player. So, I mean, it's a big ask for him and he's kind of the guy that you're going to grab if you're like, listen, our window is like nearly closed. This could be our last shot. While it's not real, it, as it's made known that the blues don't see it that way. The blues 
see that they still probably got another two, three years left in this window. So they're not going to want to pull that trigger. So Jacob Chikrin, off the board. Now, Ali Mata, I'm going to straight out the gate, tell you no. No. Could you get him? Yes. Do, do you want to get him? No. No. Because believe you me, I've watched that son of a bitch ever since, you know, following him in Pittsburgh. Yes, he has his moments, but also he has his moments. He has his good moments, but he also has his bad moments. And you know what hangs worse? Hangs around worse. The ones that people know you the most for is bad moments. And he likes to turn over the puck a lot. He like he, he's not really uh, that sound. And honestly, it could get better. Like um, Robert Hay, for example. Let's let's take a look at Robert Hay, um, who I believe is on the Sabers. Am I correct? Robert Haig, yay! Robert Haig. One year left on his deal. So you could move him to try to get some picks so he doesn't walk away from, you know, being in Buffalo because who the hell wants to be in fucking Buffalo? Um, only, and he's a left-handed D, which is what, we, yeah, left-handed D, which we need. We need more left-handed D. So he checks that box. And he's only caught, he only costs 1.6 million. Checks another box. Fairly inexpensive. And on top of that, we could, you know, if we could get uh, him for like maybe like a third or fourth or a couple thirds or third or fourth or maybe like even like a uh, prospect that's, you know, still fairly early into the Blues' system like we did with uh, Dominic Bach when we got Justin Falk, you know, even though uh, Dominic Bach was a first round pick, but still, regardless, um, Robert Haig. Now, let's look at Robert Haig's stats here. Um, for the season. Haig. Robert Haig. On the season, he... Ooh. <laughs> All right. Um, although, as I was saying with stats, I mean, you can't really put 100% the blame on the player. I'd say probably about 70%. Okay, maybe 60%, because uh, he's also on a bad team. Only got one goal in the season, four assists, and five points. Uh, negative 12. Oof. But also, once again, one, one point, you know, 1.6 mil for one year, and he's also six foot two. So he's, he's a pretty tall guy. We need some trees back there. The trees kind of got... Uh, cut down this past off season. So we kind of need to get, you know, some trees going, growing. Uh, all right. So Haig, maybe a possibility. Uh, ben Sherratt. Ben Sherratt, who is on the Montreal Canadiens, who has the highest cap. Jesus Christ. Um, is he? Oh, he's on non-roster. He's on non-roster right now <clears throat> which i guess he's on protocol i guess um also left to left-handed demon although he can do either or so he's a switchy switch uh switch guy um now compared to robert haig 
he has a he's also in his last year he has a modified no trade and he's 3.5 million so he's virtually double of what robert Haig can do or at least when it comes to price now that's will be tough to swallow as the blues don't really have much um cap right now as cap friendly currently sits here uh the st louis blues currently have $63,720 left in cap space. So yeah, they don't have any room. And uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so Haig, come on, Haig, maybe, maybe. Um, yeah, Schrott, I mean, he, he'd be great to have, but he's also kind of expensive, but we'll see. Uh, let's look at his stats on the season, shall we? If it loads, if I spelled his last name wrong, right? Oh, you know, I'm for whatever reason I'm on the Buffalo Sabres website. That's why. That's why I wasn't looking up. Ben Chevron. He's six three, so even taller. In 31 games, he played, he got five goals, two assists, seven points with a negative 11. And he's also in the Canadiens. He's last in their division. So I don't blame him there. So, I mean, solid guy. And also, Blues fans know him because he used to be on the Winnipeg Jets. And the Winnipeg Jets were terrorizing us with him. Um, not fun. And lastly, lastly, so we've, we've said, all right, Sherratt, maybe. But we're going to have to move some cap there. Hig, you probably don't really need to move, worry about moving cap too much. And you probably, and probably have to give up the least amount. But he could be a, uh, an upgrade. It could definitely be an upgrade. Now, lastly, as we also said, that Chickering's kind of out of our price range and Alimata ain't worth shit. Uh, goes to Mark Giordano. Mark Giordano being the also the first captain in Seattle Kraken history. Now, I don't know if that's going to be a, a thing that is going to hang up the possibility of even getting a Mark Giordano here in St. Louis, but we'll see. Um, we can see that Mark Giordano, the most expensive out of them all when it comes to price, as he currently has a modified no trade clause, one year left in his deal and uh, a salary of $6.75 million. Now, unless they plan on, you know, eating some of that, I don't think they're going to go for that. Um, yeah, um, looking at his statistics, Mark Giordano. Well, Gio. 6-1. Legend of the game here. The record. Oh, he has 27 games played, four goals, seven assists, 11 points on the season with a negative 13. So, also on a bad team. And out of all of those defensemen, got the most points, but he is also the most expensive by far. Uh, nearly $7 million for this guy. So, Quickly, we find ourselves in a he's out of our price range situation here. So 
Although, while we're on the subject, and while we're on the Seattle Kraken, we're, I'm, I'm going to put an extra. I'm going to put an extra guy here. Because the Blues don't know if we're going to be able to well, – first off, hang on. Let's also pull – let's pull up the Blues again real quick. So the Blues have one year left with Robert Bortuzzo at 1.375. Marco Scandella's got three years left at 3.275. Now, the guy that everyone keeps saying that they're going to try to move out is Marco Scandella because he hasn't really came up, uh, hasn't really amounted to where they expected him to, to be. They kind of wanted him to be a Jay Bomeister replacement. And there's no replacing Joey Bomeister. Let's be real here. Because um, Jay Bomeister is a real good stay at home defenseman. Marco Scandella, eh. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Robert Bortuzzo's got one year left. Now, I mentioned Robert Bortuzzo because don't know if he's going to be here after the season. We'll see. We'll see. And even if he wants to, uh, wants, wants to be here, don't know if the Blues want him to be here. Um, as they're probably going to want to open up that the bottom two D pairing to uh, inject some youth into this team to sustain um you know, the age demo. So it, this team isn't too old because in all three divisions, the age uh, for the blues averages at right around tw 27 years old. So yeah. Um, but I, I, I raised that question because Marcus Gondela can throw around every now and again. Um, Bortuzzo known for being the guy that throws himself around. I raise you, even though, yes, he's still more expensive than everyone else we mentioned, minus Mar Mark Giordano when it comes to salary. I raise you, even though he has no trade clause, you could waive it. You could waive it to be on a cup contender. And he's been in this division before. Um, and he's the other big rig besides um, Pat Maroon. I raise you a Jamie Alexiak. Um, who's 29 years old. He signed through 25, 26, 4.6 million. Um, he can play left and right. Um, and seeing his play in Pittsburgh, as well as seeing his play in Dallas, I'm very impressed with him um for what he can deliver now looking at his stats this year um on a bad team mind you on a bad team he's also the only one with a not a negative so he, 32 games played one goal nine assists 10 points with a plus one he's got a plus one guys and he's six seven the dude's tall we need tall people. We need we need to do like what Chris Kerber would say. We just need to have a whole bunch of trees in the in our back end, like we did in 2019. Had a whole bunch of trees. Ain't getting past some trees, all right? Ain't getting past no trees. Just saying. And he's 29, still fairly young, especially for defensemen. Defensemen last longer than forwards and goalies. 
by far. Absolutely by far. Hell, if Yarmir Yager was a fucking defenseman, he'd probably still be in the NHL. I'm saying. I'm saying. And that dude's like 50. I mean, I'm kidding, of course. But hey, he probably could. He probably could. I ain't gonna discount him. But um, but yeah, you know, I'm gonna inject that into the the possibilities. You know, if if I mean, if I'm uh, Dark Armstrong, hell, out of all the six people I mentioned here. Jamie Alexiak, let's let's give him a look. Let's give him a look see. Come on, let's give him a look see. Make it happen. Come on, make it happen. That'd be great. That that honestly be really great if he could do that. Get Jamie Alexiak to be a St. Louis Blue. How about that? Yeah, he ain't gonna ha- he ain't gonna have number two like he had in um. Was it was it him or Dan Hughes? They had two. I think, yeah, I think it was Alexiak that had number two in Dallas. And I had number two in St. Louis because that, that goes to the one of the greatest uh, defensemen of all time, old Al McInnes, all right? So uh, I ain't going to get number 24 like he has right now because that goes to one of the greatest blues, if not one of the greatest blues of all time, Bernie Federko. So, and 42 is kind of sentimental to me because that's David Backus' number. So he's going to have to really... He's going to have to really pick a good number. Like, I, I hear, um, you know, there's a lot of other numbers out there other than the three that I mentioned. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, Junior Alexiak, please. Dark Armstrong, please. Please. Pretty please. Come on. Do it. Do it. Do it. But, yeah. I think we're going to end it. I think that's uh, the end of the episode. I uh, don't know how long this is because I record the audio and video on Zoom and it doesn't tell me what uh, how long these videos go. So if it was long, sorry it was too long for you. If you that's the thing, even though you can skip through what you want and can't listen to. Um, although if you sat through the whole thing, or li- or yeah, whether it be in video form or audio form, thank you very much. And um don't forget, if you don't follow the YouTube channel, YouTube channel Easy Hockey Reviews on YouTube, uh, check that out if you uh, have some extra time on your hands and want to watch some videos about the Blues, Golden Knights, Arizona Coyotes, and all the other fun stuff. Uh, check it over there. And um, that's been that, and that's been this, and I'll catch you all next one. Thank you very much. <laughs>